Hi, I'm Abby Wise. And I'm Stephanie Taylor. And in this podcast, we will be discussing the General Court's decision, which discussed an application to invalidate Louis Vuitton's checkerboard trademark. Steph, can you tell us more? Thanks, Abby. Louis Vuitton had registered protection for their well-known checkerboard trademark as an international registration with protection in the EU. Their registration covered a range of goods, but in particular bags in Class 18. Protection in the EU was granted in 2009. Then, in 2015, an application for invalidity was filed. On what grounds? The applicant stated that the registration should be invalidated on the basis of lack of distinctive character. So, the principle that the mark did not have sufficient distinctive character to meet the standard of trademark protection. And in terms of invalidity, meaning that the mark should never have been registered in the first place? That's right. Uh, the invalidity application was filed before the EUIPO and initially upheld by the Cancellation Division, who found that Louis Vuitton had not provided sufficient evidence to show that the registration had acquired distinctive character. An appeal to the EU IPO Board of Appeal was filed by Louis Vuitton, which failed and which led to them filing an appeal to the General Court. And what was the basis of that appeal? Louis Vuitton argued that firstly, the Board of Appeal had not correctly assessed the distinctive character of the trademark, and secondly, that they'd made an error in assessing the evidence filed by Louis Vuitton to demonstrate that the trademark had acquired distinctive character through use. In respect of the assessment of distinctive character, Louis Vuitton argued that the mark enjoys a presumption of validity from the time it had been registered. Because the EUIPO had examined the application in the first instance and deemed that it had fulfilled the criteria for registration. Their point was the burden of proof should be on the applicant for invalidity to rebut this presumption. Louis Vuitton also took issue with the fact that the Board of Appeal instead based their assessment on well-known facts. So what did that mean in this situation? The applicant for invalidity had stated that Louis Vuitton's checkerboard mark was a basic commonplace pattern that did not differ from the norms or customs of the sector because it was a common pattern, particularly for the types of goods covered by the registration, such as handbags. The Board of Appeal considered that because the mark in question was a pattern intended to be placed on part of the goods or cover all of the surface area of the goods, only a mark which departs significantly from the norm or customs of the sector of the goods covered by the registration would be capable of being seen as distinctive. The Board of Appeal went on to state that it was a well-known fact that a checkerboard pattern had always existed, had always been used in the decorative arts sector, and that it was a basic and commonplace figurative pattern that did not contain any notable variation in relation to the conventional representation of checkerboards, and was therefore the same as the traditional form of such a pattern, with the result that, even when applied to goods such as those in Class 18, the pattern did not differ from the norms or customs of the sector. And what did the General Court decide? They decided that the Board of Appeal was entitled to take into account the arguments and evidence filed by the applicant for invalidity and the well-known facts that the examiner might have omitted to take into consideration in his initial assessment of the application, and that this was not contrary to the EUIPO's rules on the burden of proof. The General Court also agreed with the Board of Appeal and found that the relevant public, when looking at the checkerboard pattern, would only perceive a common and everyday pattern which would not be unusual for the types of goods Louis Vuitton had registered the mark for, and in particular in the fashion sector, that this would be seen as a well-known fact. And what about the evidence filed by Louis Vuitton to argue that the mark has since acquired distinctive character if it had been found not to have distinctive character when that original trademark application was filed? 
Louis Vuitton argued that the evidence which had been filed in order to support acquired distinctiveness had not been given proper weight by the Board of Appeal, nor had they assessed whether the mark had acquired distinctive character throughout the entirety of the European Union. Instead, the Board of Appeal had divided the EU member states into three groups and limited its analysis to reviewing evidence which related to one of these groups in order to reach a conclusion that because the mark had not acquired distinctive character within the member states in this grouping, there was no need to continue with the examination of the evidence in respect of the other member states. So what did the General Court decide on this point? Was it satisfactory that the Board of Appeal had divided up the EU in this way when assessing the evidence? The General Court agreed with Louis Vuitton and relied on the case law of the Court of Justice, which has determined that even though it is the case that the acquisition by a mark of distinctive character through use must be established for the part of the European Union in which the mark did not have such character, it would be unreasonable to require proof of such acquisition for each individual member state, and that there was nothing in the regulation which states that evidence must be provided for each member state. It is possible that for some goods and services, economic operators may group member states together in the same distrib distribution network and may adopt the stance that they were one in the same national market, or where due to geographic, cultural or linguistic proximity between two member states, the relevant public of the first has knowledge of the products and services present on the market of the second. Therefore, whilst it was acceptable for the Board of Appeal to review the evidence in this manner, their analysis should have considered all the evidence filed by Louis Vuitton. The Board of Appeal had only made a partial assessment of the evidence filed, where some of the evidence which was not examined was potentially relevant for deciding whether the mark had acquired distinctive character throughout the European Union. As such, Louis Vuitton succeeded on this ground, and the decision of the Board of Appeal was Thanks, Steph, for that case summary. It's really interesting. So I guess some useful takeaway points on the subject of invalidation proceedings would be that the first step which should be taken when an invalidity application is considered is to contact the proprietor before filing the action to avoid costs not being awarded to you if you were successful in the action. Where an application for invalidity is made on absolute grounds, the trademark proprietor may need to file robust evidence of acquired distinctiveness although of course there is a presumption of validity of the mark when registration is achieved. A proprietor should collate examples of use of their mark together with other supporting documentation as a matter of course to assist in defending against invalidity applications and of course revocation applications. For acquired distinctiveness, a significant proportion of the relevant class of persons must come to rely upon the mark to identify the goods or services as originating from a particular undertaking. Evidence should demonstrate the market share held by the mark, how intensive, geographically widespread and long-standing use of the mark has been, the amount invested by the proprietor in promoting the mark, and statements from chambers of commerce and industry or other trade and professional associations. Our next podcast will focus on a review of the checklist the High Court used to assess whether a claim can be served out of jurisdiction in Easy Group's challenge to a Colombian airline using the trademark EasyFly. Thank you for listening.